statistics show that 65% of men are watching pornography. And maybe, maybe you've been trying everything that you can to not be part of that statistic. Still, no matter what you've done, you just can't break free from it. So you feel hopeless. You feel depressed. You feel despair, but you're ready. You're ready to break free from that sin once and for all. And finally feel proud of yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror. I get that. Today, I talked to Alan Parr about the subject of porn addictions, and we dive into some of the most actionable steps that you can take right now, today, right after you listen to this, to dominate over the sin that's tried to dominate over you. By the way, if you don't know who Alan is, he has an incredible video ministry with over 61 million views and more than 500 videos on YouTube. He encourages people like you, like me, by challenging us to live out our true calling as Christians. He just also happens to be really good at talking about the topics that most churches tend to run away from. And that's exactly why I brought him on today. This is the Becoming Men podcast. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Becoming Men podcast brought to you by thebecomingmen.com. I'm your host, Ray Delanoes, and this is the podcast for men on their masculine journey. I'll say, you know what? I'm going to be a little humble today. This is the number two podcast right? I'm not going to take the number one spot, but it's definitely the number two. And I'm so excited that you guys decided to join the number two podcast out there for men on their masculine journey. Uh, And yet you joined in on this conversation with Alan Parr. I'm so excited for you guys to hear the wisdom and the power in his words today. Now, before we jump into the podcast, I want to be able to give you an opportunity to sow seed right here to this podcast. If you didn't know, this podcast is fully funded by faithful men like you. And if you think that anything you've heard here is worth at least a cup of coffee, I'd invite you to head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash partner. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash partner and consider becoming a faithful supporter of this ministry. So without further ado, this week's guest is Mr. Alan Parr. Alan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, man. Hey, man, I'm appreciative of being here, Ray, and looking forward to hanging out with you, getting to know you better and uh, hopefully uh, being a blessing to those who are listening to the podcast. Well, I'll tell you what, you've been a blessing already because um, when I started this podcast, when I started a, you know, a YouTube channel that led to this podcast, there weren't so many people out there in the space talking about the hard subjects, the hard questions um, that a Christian man, you know, a man who's wanting to be um, more like Jesus uh, is asking. You know, and, and I got to find you. And now here I am, maybe two years later, finally connecting with you. So again, thank you. Um, and that's kind of where I wanted to head today, man. I wanted to uh, ask you some pretty tough questions that I think the church even runs away from. What do you think? Oh man, that those are the tough questions is my middle name, as you know, from, uh, <laughs> from my YouTube channel. Um, I think I've, I've made a living on just answering tough questions that a lot of times it's difficult for people to, to find answers to, man. Alan, because I'm in the Marine Corps, I kind of get this benefit of seeing guys from all over the United States, from all walks of life, from different religions, different upbringings, different morals and beliefs. And we get them all in one place. And what I find to be so interesting is how you can get 10 men in one room and you will not get the same answer to this one question. And that is, when are you a man? One guy will tell you that it's after you have kids. And one guy will tell you it's after you sleep with a girl. One guy will tell you it's how many women it's after you get this certain amount of women, or it's after you reach a certain age, man. And so you never could get the same answer because there's no central standard 
in the world. Oh, most definitely. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of misconceptions about what it means to be a man or what we call biblical manhood. And uh, I think a lot of that largely comes from the fact that many of us grew up without fathers, uh, you know, who were able to really teach us what it means to be a man or to better yet model for us so that we can see what it means to be a man. And so uh, without fathers or great fathers, even if you had a father and without proper mentors and people who can disciple us in the church, then we're left up to our own idea of what a man actually is. And I think it, you hit the nail on the head with not having men uh, there to model what it means to to be a biblical man. Did you, did you have that in your life? Yeah, you know, I did. Um, thankfully, um, even though my parents were divorced, uh, they got divorced when I was six years old. I had and still do to this day. Thank, thank the Lord. I have a, a wonderful father. It, my Amen. father actually led me to the Lord when I was eight years old. And so uh, he gave my sister, uh, uh, me and my sister, a solid foundation in terms of understanding God, understanding the way of salvation. And he's actually a preacher as well. But on top of that, I've also had some other really, really good men in my life uh, that have, that God has allowed to come in my life at key specific moments. Some of them stayed in my life for, you know, short season and others for longer, but each of them played a significant role in getting me to where I am today. While it really helps to have a godly father in the home and and good mentors, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all born with this sin nature, this flesh that we have to fight against daily. And, yeah. uh, you know, whether you had that model or not, uh, we still have to fight against our fleshly desires on a daily basis. God's design is for the man to lead his home and to lead his children and to model for his children what it means to be a man of God. Right. So obviously, the more you have that model in your life. Yes, the easier uh, theoretically it should be. Right. But, um, you know, even with all of that there still comes unique temptations that we ultimately have to yield to the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, whenever those temptations come up. Yeah. And from what I understand right now, those unique temptations includes uh, pornography as early uh, nationwide uh, is the issue as early as 11 years old. I think even sooner. I mean, I know I was introduced to pornography and pornographic images by the age of five. I think it does a lot to a young man. And then they get, they get, they buy into this idea, this false idea that that is intimacy or that, you know, those sexual pleasures are what they're supposed to be pursuing they, and they get stuck. It's unfortunate that, you know, so many of our men are getting their affirmation and their identity a lot of times uh, from the wrong sources. And if they don't get it, if they're not getting it in the right places, if they're not getting it from their parents, if they're not getting it from school and their teachers and their coaches, they're going to look for it because every one of us innate in every one of us is the desire to be accepted, the desire to be loved, the need for affirmation. And so unfortunately, you have a lot of guys who discover at an early age that they can get that affirmation in women or, you know, God forbid, they feel like they can get that affirmation in, in pornography because they feel like by watching some woman on the screen that she's in some way. I don't know, communicating with them or she's looking at them and and giving them affirmation or they have this escape world that they get into, which I know we'll get into pornography a little bit later. But um, I just think that it's easy for people to 
to start looking for their affirmation and their attention uh, in areas that God never intended. And unfortunately for a lot of men, that's in the, the sexual arena. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, lo- I love that you said in areas that God never intended. Um, I think if you look at the number one producer of counterfeit money, uh, it's Peru. Um, what they end up doing is they end up printing off a lot of $100 bills, right? It's our, it's our largest bill. What they don't do is print off a lot of $5 bills. They don't print off a lot of $20 bills because the value is so little. It, it, it's not it's not a good return on investment to their time and energy in creating this counterfeit money. And I think that's exactly what the enemy does with this, with this, uh, this sin issue, right. Of, of pornography, of, of sexual lust and temptation is he goes right after the $100 bill, the thing with so much value in our lives, the thing that the areas that are most important to God and he counterfeits them with what you said, our need for acceptance, our need for love and our need for affirmation. The enemy's desire and his goal in all of our lives is for us to not wait on or should I say not believe that God's gift or God's way is the way that we should follow. His goal is to always get us to uh, to deceive us, to make us feel as though, okay, yeah, I know God said this, but there's a better way. There's an easier way. There's a more fun way. There's a more desirable way. And he's been doing this ever since the garden where he said, well, did God really say, you know, that you shouldn't eat of this, of this fruit. And so he's always challenging us with that. Right. So instead of saying, Hey, you know what? It is better to save yourself for marriage and, you know, this is what God would intend, because if you do that, you won't have flashbacks and memories of other women that you've been with. You won't be comparing your wife or your you know, husband, if I'm speaking to women, but your, your wife to other other women that you were with. You won't be uh, having you'll, you have a mind that's clear instead of being clouded whenever you're dating this person so that you can actually see whether you do want to marry them as opposed to getting so caught up in the physical lust and the desires that you have for this person that you're letting that overtake your thoughts. And now you're marrying somebody because your flesh just wants to be with them as opposed to saying, you know what, let me hold off on being physical so I can think clearly to be able to assess whether this person is somebody I should marry. The enemy wants to use this counterfeit of sex in a man's life to derail us, to distract us, and ultimately to destroy us. And it's destroyed many men in the past and it's destroyed many marriages. You know, there's so many women out here that are hurting whenever they find out that their husband is on pornography. It's devastating to so many women to, to come to the conclusion that, wow, my man enjoys watching some other woman on the screen more than he enjoys being with me. And yeah. that can lead to a host of, of other problems that a man's going to have to deal with, or really, fr- crank, quite frankly, the marriage they're going to have to deal with um, whenever you have men that are on pornography. It's a very, very serious issue. Yeah. I mean, I just want to back that up, Alan, because that's exactly what happened to me. I was, there's no way, you know, God is good. God took away my, my desire for pornography and literally 
a snap of a finger. And I remember it was May of 2012. I just stopped. Right. But May 2012, I was 19 years old, just about to turn 19. That proceeds 10 years of actively watching pornography. Okay. So what God took away in a moment, the desire, he could not take away the habitual patterns that I set up in my mind. That was something I was going to work through. That was my flesh that I needed to work through. Now, my flesh is dead. I'm dead. Romans 8. However, I'm still living in this world. I'm still living in this body. And so reconciling that truth to God's reality, it's different than just reading it from a book and then saying, okay, good applied. Good. No, you don't rub that on like lotion. Right. And so going back to what you're saying, Alan, I did the comparison, not because I wanted to, it literally was the thought patterns that I had built inside my head. I had a beautiful woman still have, thankfully, thank you, Natasha, for sticking with me, had a beautiful woman, literally woman in my dreams could never imagine that I'd, I'd ever marry anybody like her was comparison, comparing her to other images that I'd seen. Um, subconsciously literally got to the point where I would be um, having sex with my wife and images would flood my mind of other things I did not want to think about. And so here I am, I'm a young man. And maybe this is you, if you're listening, you're the young man, you're, you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to enjoy your family, uh, enjoy your walk with God, become better. But the enemy knows how to come in to steal, to kill and to destroy. And so for me, it was literally ruining sex because anytime the act of sex would come up. The images of pornography from the past would come up. Those pictures that you said would flash. And so, I, I mean, I want to get into what do you do? You know, and I, I know guys that are out there asking, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do feel that that's true. I can resonate with that. So what do you do? Yeah. So, you know, I always tell guys that, you know, you, there's nothing you can do to undo the past. Um, you know, these are the consequences of the poor decisions that we've made. We got to man up. We got to own it. We got to we got to embrace it. And we have to understand that, you know what? OK, this is part of being a man. We talked about biblical manhood. Biblical manhood starts with accepting responsibility. You know what? I made some poor decisions in my life and now I have to deal with the consequences of that decision. So the first thing we got to do is we got to accept that. We got to accept that. We got to embrace that. We also have to ask God for forgiveness. And then we have to embrace and accept God's full forgiveness. The Bible says in Romans 8, as you mentioned, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're truly in Christ Jesus, you don't need to feel condemned anymore for the things that you've done in your past. Now, with all of that out of the way, the best way to overcome a porn addiction the best way to do it is to make sure that you're not adding any more images to your mind that will be added to the ones that you already have. Because what happens is when you continue to watch it, those fresh images just stay on your mind and they're fresh. And so they're literally on the, the front of your mind, right? But the longer you go without watching it, Will you be able to remember some images from three years ago, four years ago, three weeks ago, three hours ago, right? Yes, but it's a lot more difficult. You have to be actually be more intentional to literally try to tell your brain to call up or conjure up something that you saw weeks ago or months ago or years ago. But if you just watched it last week, those those memories and all the stuff that you watched on, on the screen, they're going to be right here in the front of your mind. And 
you're going to be more susceptible or sensitive, if you will, to any sort of sexual stimuli because they're right there. And so, you know, you have to kill that. You have to give it some time and you have to wean yourself off of that. So that way, um, those images, while they might still be there, they're going to become blurrier and blurrier and less clear over time. Over time process. I, and I, I'm the living just image of exactly what you're talking about. I went from freaking out getting, I didn't know what the word anxiety meant, but I got anxious about going to Walmart because I knew that I was going to see a woman that had, um, you know, shorts on who reminded me of somebody else from my past. And that caused me anxiety. I I couldn't go to the gym. I was anxious. And then it got to the point where, you know, I mean, I'm in the word, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm dealing with a wife who's now insecure about all of this and uh, rightly so, but you know what, a decade later, I can tell you, I can laugh at those seasons. I mean, I couldn't laugh in those seasons, but I can laugh at those seasons because man, I could see the enemy's hand and he overplayed it way too many times. And it is about stopping immediately. And being able to turn a lot of people say, yeah, I made a 360 degree turn in my life. You know, right. it's like, bro, no. you just chased your tail. Right. It's funny <laughs> like when people say that it should yeah. be 180. <laughs> exactly. You go 180. <laughs> they weren't paying attention in geometry class, man. <laughs> you don't want to make a 360 degree turn. You don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Go 180. You go in the complete opposite direction. And that is repentance. Now, I want to go back to something real quick before uh, we, we continue on this, because I feel like uh, uh, there's a man out there that needs to get this in him, because you said that one of the things we need to do is ask God for his forgiveness, but we also need to embrace his full forgiveness. I asked God for forgiveness, but the embracing part took years because I continually bought into the shame of what I had done and the shame of what was going on because I started to internalize what was happening to me was what was happening in me rather than realizing that it was happening external to me from the outside, trying to get to the inside. Can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. More? Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of people in this world that one of the greatest emotions that they deal with on a regular basis is shame. And, you know, we deal with that because we so want to please God with our lives. Our hearts are in the right place, right? We want to please God with our lives. But when we look at what God's standard of holiness is, and then we look at our own lives and we just sometimes have an overwhelming feeling of guilt and shame. And the only way that's going to be overcome is truly understanding the gospel, truly understanding that Jesus didn't go to the cross for just some of your sins. Jesus went to the cross for all of your sins. I love that old, uh, uh, that old hymn. It is well with my soul. Now, a lot of young people listening probably don't know about that hymn, but I grew up in the Baptist church and we used to sing a song. It is well with my soul. And then, uh, there was a little line in there that said my sin, not in part, but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Even so, it is well with my soul. You know, and so I love that. That theology is great. My sin, not in part, but the whole, right, is nailed to the cross. So we have to understand that. We also have to understand that when the Lord chose to save you, he knew all of the sins that you were going to commit before you ever committed them. 
everything that you were going to do wrong in your life and right flash before his eyes. There's nothing you can do or have ever done that's caught God off guard to where he's in heaven. And he's like, oh, man, I didn't know he was going to do that, man. If I knew that, I would have I would have never saved this joker. Right. Like God doesn't work like that. Right. That doesn't give us a license to sin. But that does let us know that wow, God still chose me, even though he knew how much of a mess I was. So we have to really embrace the forgiveness of God. And that only happens the more we really understand the gospel, that Jesus Christ took our place on the cross to pay a penalty that you and I pay a debt that we could never pay back. And let me add one other thing. Just because you, listen, shame, just because you have shame in the area of sexual sin that there's all sorts of other areas where we could have, where we should be feeling shame as well, right? But that, for whatever reason, for men, that's the oh, one yeah. that that hangs on to us the, the tightest is this area of sexual sin. But what about pride? What about greed? What about dishonesty? Right? All of those things. It's 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 not a sexual issue. It's a sin issue in general that we have to embrace God's forgiveness forgiveness for. Yeah. Wow. That's such a good point. That is such a good point. And going back to your, your comment that you have to truly understand the gospel, that that's exactly what happened. I I initially named this podcast in the the first few episodes, it was actually called reign in life because once I realized that we were called to reign in life through Christ and we have a Royal identity, I was like, that's it. If everybody knew that truth, then they would not live out, uh, you know, in those same, uh, not helpful patterns that we continue to, to, to live in, you know? So very good point. Now I do want to go ahead and, and pick back up where you had said uh, that the best way to overcome is to stop. Okay. So now a man says, okay, I've had enough. I'm, I'm going to have somebody hold me accountable, <laughs> but how do you really stop? Here's what I normally tell men whenever they ask me this question, because I get this question asked almost every single day in some shape or form, whether it's email, whether it's comments or whatever. And, you know, one of the things that I tell men is I can give you all the strategies, tips, techniques and all this and that, which I'll give a few in just a moment. But honestly, what it really comes down to is does the pain of my sin is the pain of my sin greater than the pleasure that I get from it? And at some point, every man has got to look at themselves in the mirror and say, okay, whatever pain that I'm experiencing from this sin, whether it's feelings of separation from God, feeling guilty because I can't read my Bible, so I'm feeling guilty, right? I can't uh, I can't serve God with a clean heart. Um, I feel like I'm leading a double life. I'm scared that I'll be found out. I'm scared that my congregation will find out or mm-hmm. my wife, or I have to keep, keep clearing my history on my phone or on my computer because I don't want somebody to see it or whatever. And, and then, you know, it's, it's all of that, the guilt of what happens when you sleep with a woman, you know, you're not married to and things of that nature, right? So when you experience all of that pain, that pain at some point is going to override whatever pleasure that you have for it. And when you get to that point, that is when you you know that you have to stop. I'll add another one in there. And that's the fact that, um, you know, I'd say when you get to the place where you're you fear how God is going to choose to discipline you if you don't stop. 
When you look at the stories in the Bible of David and Solomon and other men, Samson, who struggled in these areas, but then you look at people in our society who never got a hold of their sexual desires and their their passions. And you look at the patterns of what happened to these great strong men over time. Mm -hmm. At some point you have to fear and say, okay, God, I don't want to do anything that would lead you to choose to discipline me in this way. Right. But then last thing I'll say is you got to get some accountability. Like Mm-hmm. Honestly, every man should have some sort of internet filtering software on their phones, uh, like Covenant Eyes or something like that, to where even when you do want to get to that website, there's something on your phone or on your computer that blocks you from getting to that website. Now, yeah. I think that would be, you know, um, a, th- a third line of defense because I don't yes. think that solves the entire problem. If you're anything like me, You've dreamed of being known as a resilient and confident Christian man. And maybe you've even wished that you can finally become more faithful and more disciplined. But after trying so dang hard, you still don't see any lasting change. And so you feel discouraged. You feel ashamed. I get it, man. When I was actually in my early 20s, I felt like I was missing the mark on manhood altogether. And I used to long for a clear roadmap, something that would just show me the way, give me some kind of direction and to just show me how to be more focused, more strong, more resilient. But if I'm honest, all of that was just a wish until I finally took action and found a life coach. Because ultimately, every man needs a coach, somebody that's there in his corner, somebody that can actually call out the goodness in him when he doesn't even see it in himself. That's why I'm giving away an entirely free coaching session right now. You're going to be able to chat with me and be able to work through some of the stuff that has been bogging you down. Some of this stuff that has been keeping you from becoming the man that God has created you to be. All you have to do is head over to thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. Again, that's thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching and sign up for your totally free coaching call today. Last thing I'll add is, listen, there's a lot of men that just are not paying attention to their triggers. You have Mm -hmm. to know what's triggering you. For instance, for me, I can't get on Instagram for very long because if I go on Instagram, I'm going to be scrolling through profiles of pretty women and click on her picture and oh, she's pretty. She's this, that and the other. And I don't want those pictures of any other woman in my mind other than my wife. Right. So if I know that going on there might cause me to lust or cause me to start looking at a woman in a way that God doesn't want me to, then I need to refrain from getting on. Or if I do, I need to get on real quick or I need to make sure I don't get on that search page and I just go to my profile, post what I need to post and get back to life. So that's right. That's that's what I'll suggest. You know, I, I, I like that you said that the covenant eyes things doesn't actually get to the to the root of the problem because it, it all it is is it's horse blinders. You know, we put horse blinders on so we can keep them going straight, only looking at what's in front and not paying attention to the things that can spook them on the sides. But that doesn't take away their response to the stimulus. And so you follow that up with knowing your triggers, knowing that these things trigger you. So take action, going back to to your uh, your points about taking accountability of your of your uh, taking responsibility of your actions and owning up to this. Yeah, absolutely. And for me. (laughs) And maybe why it took so long to really start this podcast uh, in my life. And I needed it. I needed those, this time I had to do a hard uh, cleanse of my life. And this looked like me going through every single movie that I owned. And if it was 
R-rated for any sort of sexual stuff, it got thrown out. And then you could reason like, well, couldn't you just give that to like somebody else? Because we had a whole at work, we had a whole like uh, set up for lunch and, you know, people left their movies there. I'm like, no, nah, I threw away over 100 movies into the garbage <laughs> DVDs back in the day into the garbage. And, you know, I did that. I had to do that for principle. Right. And then but then I still had to understand my triggers. Follow up. I deleted all social media. Again, why, maybe why it took so long for me to actually start on this podcast, because I was off social media for seven years. And I'll tell you, I think that's one of the reasons why me and my wife are still married today. Had I continued on social media, you know, with the way that I was, even as a married man, you know, it just the temptations would have been there. And who knows, you know, I was at a vulnerable place. And then sure enough, what ends up happening after seven years of a hiatus on social media I get on and immediately people that I had slept with in the past start hitting me up, you know, and it's there. It's the enemy's just waiting for an opportune time. Yeah. Know your triggers, know your triggers, know yourself and seek self-improvement as one of our leadership principles in the Marine Corps. Man, I hold that to, to heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you know you can't go to the gym, build a gym in your garage or something like that. Now, hopefully, yes. hopefully at some point you can get to where you're disciplined enough where you can go places right. and, you know, you can you can you can appreciate a woman's beauty. Yes. And you can have what you know, what uh, uh, I believe it. I believe it's the book. Uh, what's the book? Um, Every Man's Battle. It talks about having bouncing mm-hmm. eyes. Right. Yes. Bouncing eyes is, is this, guys. See, see how my head just bounced. Yeah. Every man yeah. who's watching this need to practice this right here. See, she's pretty. I see her. I bounce yes. back. Yes. But see, we get in trouble, guys, when we're at the gym and we do this, right? We're not bouncing. We're staring. Our, our head, our neck is kind of in the same position, right? And it, we, need, we need to bounce back. You, know, you, you can look at her, okay? You, I mean, let's be honest. We're men. We're going to yeah. look. Look, okay, that's nice. She's cool, okay? But don't look at her and act like it's the first time you ever saw breasts and you ever saw, I mean, like, there's no, like, you know, no. And look, it's a bad look for Christian men too. And you never know who's watching you and 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 looking up to you. So be careful with that. No, and, and that's one of the things that was actually immediately impactful when my mentor taught me that. I felt so much freedom. He said, you got a three second rule, Ray. If you're, if you find yourself staring at somebody for more than three seconds, then you know that that's you. But other than that, it's just you doing life because I started beating myself up. You know, I'm walking and like, you know, the gym has 500 mirrors. So I'm doing curls on this mirror, but I can see through this mirror, through that mirror that bounces off another mirror. And I see some chick's breasts, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I'm beating myself up. It's like, no, bro, we're living life. And, and yes. So you're absolutely right, Alan. We get to a point where we get, we find freedom. We don't always have to live a restricted life. I'm now active on social media platforms. I'm back on there. And guess what? My wife trusts me now. I have built that rapport with her. She actually knows that if I ever were to see something, she trusts that I'm going to do that quick scroll, right? There's a, there's a scroll where you're looking and then there's a scroll where you're like, be gone, right? Like, so there's that. And, and yeah, now I, I can watch movies with my wife that might have some, some kind of nudity in it. Um, light nudity. I, I should say something that maybe in the past I would have been like, no, I'm not in that season right now, but now, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I can handle this and I am okay in my identity. I just want to encourage all the men to just step up and, and be the man that God has called you to be. And that looks different for every man. And it, it really does. You know, if you are, if you are, if you have children and you're not married 
And maybe you're, you know, you had children who you've never taken care of, but you call yourself a Christian. You say you're a Christian man, right? Step up and father those children. Do whatever you have to do to be active in their life, right? That's what it means to be not just a man, a Christian man. Okay, so now that takes care of the the single father, right? Uh, But then if you're a single man, start pursuing women in a godly way. Be intentional about pursuing them. Be intentional about what your intentions are when you talk to her, right? Let her know that you're looking to pursue her for marriage. If you're not ready to, to marry, then you don't need to be dating, because all you're going to do is you're going to lead a woman who more than likely is probably ready for marriage because most Christian women are wanting to be married. But if she comes across you and you know you're not ready to be married, she may fall in love with you all the while. You know, you're just wanting to have a good time. Right. Mm-hmm. So as a single man, be a man of honesty, be a man of integrity, be a man of intentionality. Right. And then married men. Right. Make sure you put your children and your wife first other than God. Uh, above your career, above your uh, your church responsibilities and all these different things. And also make sure you honor your wife, right? Like understand that she is a gift that God has given you. And if you're watching pornography, um, you know, you are truly breaking her heart. And, and in a sense, it's a form of adultery because you're letting your heart have affections for someone other than the one that God has given you. Amen. Alan, I'm, and I know that you have videos really describing that, and that, that would be helpful tools um, with all of those things. So where can guys get a hold of you, find you, and engage with your content? Yeah. So um, the easiest way is the YouTube channel. And if you type in The Beat with Alan Parr, my YouTube channel will come up. And uh, The Beat is an acronym for Biblical Encouragement and Truth. So uh, if you're looking to get some access to, I think, over 540 videos or so, then um, feel free to check out The Beat with Alan Parr on YouTube. But also, if you're just looking for general information about our ministry and what we're all about, you can go to alanparr.com, A-L-L-E-N-P-A-R-R.com, and you can find a little bit more there. Now, if that did not inspire you to get started on your journey to freedom, then I don't know what will. If that didn't move you into action, to actually take in action today, something that you can do right now after you've done, listened to this episode, I don't know what I'm going to do. All right, because this is the number two podcast for men becoming who God created them to be. Guys, I really appreciate you sticking around. I appreciate you being part of this journey with me. I appreciate you checking out that free coaching call at thebecomingmen.com forward slash coaching. 